Welcome into a brand new episode of the Whole Story Podcast. I'm Alex Fusen. Joining us on the show today, he's a TV voice of the New York Yankees and host of the Michael K Show, Michael K himself. Michael, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. It means a lot. Of course, Alex. So is it a challenge for you to host a four-hour sports talk show and then during the baseball season transition right into play-by-play host for a baseball game? Well, I, I'm certainly never going to complain about it because they're two great jobs. But as I get older uh, and I've got young kids, 10 and 8, uh, it's it's a lot, especially during the baseball season. If it was just the radio show, then, you know, obviously that's something that can handle. And if it was just the Yankees, then that's something that could be handled without a problem. But, um, you know, I've done it 21 years now uh, and doing doing the radio and doing the Yankees is, is a lot. It takes a lot out of you. And you just had your 20th anniversary of the Michael K show and, and you had mad dog Chris Russo on. And he even said, you know, you guys have gone farther than Mike and the mad dog did. What did that mean to you? Because I know you've always had your comp, your, your competition with other people on the radio, but you have a true passion for what you have done and accomplished. So what did that mean to you? You know, when he said it, it, it kind of took me a little bit by surprise um, because you think of Mike and the Mad Dog as the gold standard, and they obviously are. They kind of set the template for where talk radio is right now. But, you know, so many people uh, in this town grew up with them, and you just figured they were together a lot longer than, you know, 20 years. So when he said that, it was, it was amazing. Uh, I, I don't look at it as a competition to beat them out. Uh, I looked at it as a competition to beat them in the ratings, but certainly not in longevity and length of show. But it's a nice thing uh, to have on the resume, that's for sure. Not many people could survive, you know, 20-plus years uh, in any city, let alone New York City, which is very competitive. And you have the, the radio and television critics, and now with the advent of social media, everybody's a critic. So it's kind of hard to survive like that. So it's, uh, it's, it's gratifying. People say you have one of the best jobs ever. You can be your own person on the radio for four hours and then transition to call one of the most historic and best baseball team and uh, that people can ever know, the New York Yankees. When you sit back and you look at to see what you have accomplished in your career, what has been the most gratifying part of, of what you've been able to accomplish? You know, maybe, Alex, I caught something from Derek Jeter because, you know, you're always thinking about what's next, what's next, and you don't really take it in. But um, I never lose sight of the fact. I mean, there are a lot of sports talk radio shows in the country. Uh, Obviously, there aren't that many in New York City, but there are a lot of them in the country. But there's only one uh, play-by-play job on television for the New York Yankees. And, you know, since that's what I wanted to do since I was nine years old, I never, ever, ever take it for granted. I realize how how fortunate, uh, how lucky I am. Uh, so that's the thing. When, when I, I make sure that whenever I step into that booth, especially at Yankee Stadium, I take it all in and, uh, and do make myself realize you know, how lucky I am. A kid from the Bronx who grew up about 15 minutes from Yankee Stadium doing what he always wanted to do. So, yeah, I'm pretty lucky. Now, you said when you got the Yankee radio job that you were stiff and nervous. How did you overcome that as a broadcaster? You know, it, it's, it's, it's difficult, uh, especially at the beginning. You know, a- after a while, you, you get more comfortable. I think you get more comfortable with repetition. But, you know, just the enormity of, you know, the Yankee job. You know, I was uh, a bundle of nerves at the beginning, especially the, the, the first year. 
because this is all I ever wanted to do. And this is your opportunity. And you also realize that opportunities like this don't come along that very often. Right. And then if you blow it, you're not getting another chance. You know, there's no opportunity to make a first impression. So put a lot of pressure on myself. Uh, and, you know, it, during that first year, I, I did so much prep work and things like that, that even to this day, you know, this will be my 32nd year of doing the Yankees. I, I still prepare the same way because I'm still the kid from the, the Bronx that doesn't want to lose it, doesn't want it taken away. So I would never, ever want to you know lose a job because I wasn't prepared or didn't give the proper effort. How much did you learn from John Sterling? I learned a lot. You know, it, it, some, he obviously has a, a far superior voice than mine and uh, than most announcers. Let's put it that way. But if you listen to the two of us, you can almost hear some of the same rhythm and inflection on certain things that we say. And obviously I got that from him simply through osmosis. So um, I learned, you know, how to call a game, the rhythm of calling a game or our preparation and how we go about going into a game completely different. Uh, because when I started with John, I was essentially a newspaper reporter that was thrown into the booth. So I brought that same mindset and John's just a professional play-by-play -play guy with an unbelievable voice. But, you know, long answer to a short question, I got, I got rhythm and pacing and, you know, how, how, you know, how do you go to break and how do you come out of break and things like that. Uh, and, you know, how do you, how do you build up the big moment? That's, that's pretty much the sum of the stuff that I got from John. About two years ago, the yes allowed you and, and John to work together during a spring training game. What was that like? You know, it was a thrill because, you know, I, I always, you know, when I did that, the last game I ever did with John was game seven of the 2001 World Series. But the only problem was I didn't know it was the last game I was ever going to do with him. I, I didn't know that the Yes Network had any interest in bringing him aboard as their play-by-play -play guy. So it wasn't anything that was emotional because I figured, okay, you know, we'll be back together in 2002. So, you know, the, the Luis Gonzalez hit that Mariano gave up, that's the last play that we ever did together. So, you know, John Filippelli of the Yes Network thought it would be a good idea to bring us back together for a spring training game. And Alex, my, my only regret is that it was, you know, it was in the heart of COVID and, you know, we did it remotely. He was uh, in one place. He was in a studio. I was down in the basement of my house and we really couldn't get a rhythm going. You know, I, I would definitely love to do a game with him sitting in the booth next to him because that would be the closest to recreating what we did, you know, all those years ago, but it, it was fun just to be on the same broadcast. And, you know, one of the things that I did out of total respect for him is I, I let him do the play-by-play. -play. You know, I'm the play-by-play -play guy, and yes, but I, I just didn't think it was right to, to have John, who's, I think he's coming into his 35th year now, to do, you know, analysis for my play-by-play. -play. So I just stepped aside from my regular duties on yes and let him do it. Do you think it's a possibility that maybe this year during spring training you would be able to do it in person? We have not spoken about it yet. I'd have to run it by my bosses at yes. And, right. you know, obviously FAN would have to be involved because he'd be doing it with a guy who works for ESPN radio, which is their competition, but I'm sure that we could work it out uh, if it's something that the bosses desire. So it's something that I definitely look into. Yeah. Uh, what's something you haven't done yet in your career that before you hang it up, hopefully 20 years from now that you want to accomplish? Well, I don't know, but, you know, every broadcaster's dream is to, to, you know, broadcast a World Series, and I was lucky enough to do five of them um, on the radio. But, 
you know, doing a World Series game on television would be a big deal. I just, I just don't think it's going to happen. You know, Joe Davis is great and he's 35 years old, so he's not going anywhere anytime soon. But I kind of realized half of that uh, in the previous October where Alex Rodriguez and I had an opportunity to call one of the wild card series. One was on ESPN and the other one was on ABC, which was like a big throw for me. So I got a chance to do postseason baseball on television. And I guess that's going to have to, you know, serve the purpose for me. And that, that was just a thrill. And, you know, we got a lot of nice feedback on it. Uh, the two of us uh, doing those games and it was a great series between the Cardinals and the Phillies. So that was, uh, that was definitely on the bucket list. So I got that out of the way. And between that and just working for ESPN as well, doing the uh, K-Rod cast, how fun is that? That's a blast. You know, it's, it's just so different than your regular broadcast, which is what they want it to be. And I remember, you know, we did two last year. The first two that we did, I think we ended up doing eight altogether, um, not counting the playoff games, but we did two. And I got a, a phone call from a, a really a, a big-time guy in baseball. And he said, that's the future of broadcasting. He said, the audience is young. They don't want to have the same broadcast that they had in 1950, 1960, which is the same way that baseball is done. That's the future of broadcasting. Now, I don't know if he's, he, he's 100% correct, because I think there's still a thing to be said for doing play-by-play, which we do a little of in mm-hmm. K-Rod. But most of all, it, it's kind of like a talk show, Alex, with a baseball game wrapped around it. So uh, it's fun to do. Uh, it's, it's fun to work with Alex, who works really hard at it. And uh, the guests that we have on, we've been getting great guests. And when we had Jeter on, our ratings were unbelievable. So I think ESPN's happy, and that's the most important thing. And this year, will Don LaGreca and Peter Rosenberg make an appearance? I think there's no chance of that. Although Alex has said that he wants it, but um, I would I would consider it unlikely. But you can never say never, Alex. <laughs> uh, Michael, this is my favorite part of any interview I do. It's a fast five quick round. It's five quick questions. And you have as much time to answer them. Are you ready? I think so. Favorite ballpark to broadcast the baseball game in? Yankee Stadium. And if not Yankee Stadium, um, probably Fenway. Okay. One movie you could recite all of the lines to? Probably Animal House. Oh, that's a great movie. Favorite aspect of your radio show? Just the opportunity to talk to the fans and uh, to, to cover all sports, not just baseball. I mean, that's, that's a blast. So you're involved in everything and you have an opportunity to go to, you know, any game that you'd like because of your connection to, to the show. So uh, just the ability to do all sports and still stay involved in everything uh, and not just baseball, although baseball is my favorite. Excluding Don LaGreca and Peter Rosenberg, if you could host a podcast with one person in your phone, who would it be? Wow. Probably Chris Russo. Oh, that would be phenomenal. I would listen to it. Yeah, that would be fun. And I wouldn't have to talk that much. (laughs) (laughs) One broadcaster you've never worked with that you would love to. Well, I would have loved to have worked with Vin Scully. Right. Um, Let me think. These are good questions, Alex. Uh, probably Joe Buck. Okay. I think, you know, I, I don't think he gets the love that he deserves. I think he's extraordinary. I think he's one of the greatest to ever do it. And to do a game with him would be a blast. And then, Michael, the last question I have for you, 
if a 15-year-old kid walked up to Michael K right now and said, Michael, baseball is boring. I'm never going to watch it. What are you saying to that 15-year-old kid? Well, I wouldn't correct him uh, because I think baseball does have to be sped up for today's um, youth. Uh, I think this is a, a microwave society, and baseball is more like making stew. But what I would explain to him is that when you think things are boring, there are a million things going on on the field that are not quickly apparent to the eye. It's like playing chess. There's so many decisions that have to be made on every single pitch and every single swing. So I used to say, I don't say it anymore. If you think baseball is boring, then you're boring. I, I don't believe that anymore because I think, again, baseball does have to be juiced just a little bit uh, to make it attractive to youth. But um, there's so much going on when people think there's nothing going on. And when you can really tap into that, I think that you can see the beauty of the game and the, the majesty of it and just how unbelievable it is. Yeah, we didn't even get to the Yankees. So just quickly, what can Yankee fans expect from Aaron Judge this year? Well, they better not expect 62. I'm not saying that he can't do it, but don't expect it because let's, let's be honest. No one in the history of the American League has ever hit 62 home runs. And before last year, it had gone 61 years before anybody hit 61. Right. in the American League. So I think he's um, one of the top three players in baseball. So if I say, what do you expect from him? I'd say over 300 because he's a great hitter, not just a power hitter. I'd say you should lock him in anywhere from 45 to 50 home runs and probably 120 to 130 RBIs. All right. We'll lock it in, folks. But, uh, Michael, thanks again for uh, taking your time out of your busy schedule to come on the podcast today. Where can people follow you on Twitter and listen to the show? I don't know if I want them to follow me on Twitter, <laughs> uh, but my Twitter handle is at real Michael K. And um, you can listen to the show on, on our app, the ESPN app, which is great. You can listen to it anywhere at any time for free. So that's a great way if you're out of the New York area. And if you're in New York, you can listen to it on 98.7. FM in New York, or you could watch it on the Yes Network as it's simulcast. Michael, thanks again. I appreciate it. Of course, Alex. Have a good one.